0: Calling.
1: Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in
2: theater. That's why to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used
0: by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted.
3: That was you guys'
4: weeks again. Well, I'm assuming Doug's house didn't burn down again, so it was probably a pretty good week in comparison.
3: Got a flat tire, is I anything?
4: Oh. <laughs>
3: That's, that is the
4: worst. <laughs> <laughs> the only way this could be worse is if my house burned down.
3: I had a pretty good week, except for yesterday. Whenever I got off work, for some reason, uh it's about a 20-minute drive home, and in that 20 minutes, I probably nearly hit 15
4: people did you almost hit 15 people or did 15 people almost hit you
3: no i almost hit them but Uh,
4: okay so it means you're the shitty driver
3: no no but due to them like a dude on a bicycle blew through a red light and pulled out right in front of my fucking car and i had to like smash on my brakes and then i was went to the grocery store and fucking like 20 people kept walking out in front of my car it i bet it took me 35 minutes to pull out of a parking space because people just kept stepping. I was like, what in the fuck? Like you guys see me pulling out. Jesus. Fuck.
4: Literally 35 minutes.
3: Yeah. Like it, I'm very serious. I listened to an entire podcast trying to get out of a parking space. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that story. That oh story my God. It was just fucking, it was mind blowing. And whenever I pulled into that parking space, I was pulling into a spot, and no joke, like a fucking cartoon, a ninety-year-old lady screeched into that spot, going a solid twenty-five miles an hour <clears throat> to cut me off. Nice. I was like, I don't even know what, to, and I wanted to go scream at her, and I was like, but look at how old she is! <laughs> you can't, you can't ever be in the right if you're screaming at somebody that ancient, <laughs> like. If she walked up and fucking stabbed me, I still wouldn't be able to yell at her and not end up on fucking some 30 second clip on YouTube. No. She's Angry like middle aged uh, white guy yells an old lady.
4: She'd be like, fuck you. I'm 90. I do what I want. And you'd be like, well, fair enough.
3: <laughs> yeah. well, It's like, you know what? That's not inaccurate.
2: I personally feel there should be a log installed old people being out during the week or during the times of day when we're not in work. Like just get all, your, get all your shit done between nine and five and then go the fuck home you I, have all day, every day free to yourself. Let those of us who are on a schedule have the, the time when we're available.
3: I've always thought that much like you remember when hotels used to have the vacancy, no vacancy signs. I feel like a grocery stores should have something like that. But if there's more than, like 25 old people in that grocery store they should have to turn on a fucking sign to warn you to not come into the grocery store because you're just gonna be mad you're gonna, just gonna be every aisles blocked by some old person parked sideways with their fucking cart shopping through every fucking brand of mac and cheese for some goddamn reason <laughs> uh
4: using a headset mike doug yeah I think it may be positioned in a way that when you exhale to laugh, it sounds like you're, like, blowing into the mic.
2: And that's a negative thing you're suggesting?
4: I'm saying I like it, but, you know, I'm I'm just giving giving you that information. You do what you will with it. I've adjusted it
2: slightly. Please let me know. One of you will have to be funny before we find out.
4: Well, we'll on know for another five episodes, probably. Right. <laughs> hey, there weird. it was. <laughs> yeah, there it there, there was again. So, <laughs> whatever you did still didn't work.
3: I think it'll be okay for the listeners. It'll feel like having Doug's hot breath on their neck. Yeah. So sexy. It's
4: almost like a soft thunder in the distance. All right, this
3: has all gotten very upsetting.
4: <laughs> hey Noah, you picked movies for this week What did yeah. you pick?
3: Yeah, fuck yeah I did Alligator, oh. Alligator 2, The Mutation Even more alligator <laughs> Alligator harder That's,
4: I have a feeling Doug's going to have an argument way. About these titles
2: Oh, I'm fucking pissed about them You can't call the second movie The Mutation When the first one's already a mutant alligator That's <laughs> bullshit That's <laughs> utter bullshit
3: uh, Awesome, piss me off You can't call the second movie Alligator 2 if it has literally fucking nothing to do with the first Alligator movie, even though the first Alligator movie is set up for a sequel. Yeah, but
2: I mean, when you consider the fact that it's the exact same plot, just in a different state, so that they don't have to go through the effort of having the prologue.
4: And I believe, uh, even though some people do call it an alligator, another person calls it a crocodile, and nobody corrects them, so... Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing in the second one, but we'll get there.
3: Listen, it was the 80s, and nobody was required to know the difference between those things.
4: Well, it was 1991, so you're a liar, but continue.
3: <laughs> in their movie, it was clearly still the 80s. <laughs> <sighs> down, right. down to their street-tough hooligans.
4: All right, well, Doug, why don't you tell us about Alligator? Alligator. Um
2: so this shitty little kid goes to Florida and thinks it's a good idea to bring a pet alligator home. <laughs> and they drive into the state of Missouri, which is where Chicago is in this movie. I don't know if you guys picked up on that little flaw. <laughs> and then when the kid goes to school, the dad correctly decides, fuck this, I don't want an alligator in my house. So he decides to flush that little thing down the toilet. And uh, despite the fact that they routinely say in both of these movies that an alligator could never survive in a sewer, the alligator does survive in the sewer. And then like 20 years later, this evil corporation is doing illegal testing on animals. And when the animals die, they're throwing the bodies into the sewer and then the alligators eating them. So it grows giant and therefore naturally it has to start eating people and causing all sorts of trouble. (laughs) And then our, uh, our hero cop, who of course has a, a dark past and his, <laughs> he's been trying to escape. Um, he is, uh, tasked with trying to track this fucker down and kill it and then she has to
3: blow it up. You forgot. They also do. bring in a, uh, random big game alligator hunter to assist. Yep. Who, mm. is, yep. who is then of course, uh, talking shit. For about 20 minutes, and then immediately gets
2: eaten by the. Alligator. Yeah, that's why. That's why I didn't mention him. He's pointless. <laughs> they bring in like an expert on how to kill alligators, who does nothing, and then this guy who's just like a normal everyday cop who refuses to wear nice shirts. He's the one that can save the day. It makes no sense. It's so 80s. Yeah. But yeah, yeah.
4: well I mean, they're going to repeat that exact same plot in the second movie. So it is important to note.
3: I I was going to say, yeah. It's important to note that the big game hunter comes in in the second movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to assume, once again, same movie.
4: (laughs) I'm going to assume you loved this movie, Doug. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, I I like. I love how much restraint there was in that answer. (laughs) He's like, I'm guessing you love this movie, Doug, and you're like, you know what? I loved it quite a bit. things
2: i'm a sucker for animals attacks movies you guys know that right Anytime he a, a big animal is going to eat some people i'm in favor of that because fuck people mm-hmm. um i love it when a movie takes a ridiculous concept and then treats it very seriously you guys know i love that idea <laughs> yes, <laughs> this movie does Edward that like, versus oh,
1: Chad.
3: Like, needs to be a thing
2: this is like this movie acts as if it's a real movie which i love i think it's great like The cop having his whole backstory about his partner being killed and shit and all that. I'm like, it's so ludicrous to have that in this giant alligator movie. But nobody acts like it's ludicrous at all. They all act like it's just because they're all acting as if they're in a movie, right?
3: Well, they need a reason for all those other cops not to believe him that there's a sewer game. Yeah.
2: How about that how about that for a plot line? He's like, I saw I saw an alligator in the sewer and they everyone's like, No, you didn't. And it's like what do you think happened then?
3: Well and then it's like he goes down in the sewer with another guy and he comes back and he's like, Hey, sewer gator ate the other guy and you're like,
2: Mmm. Uh, they're all like, Yeah, I don't think so. And it's like, What like why would he make that up? Like it's and they, they almost act as if they're like, Well, you know, your partner got shot. Five years ago in another city. So you're probably lying about alligators now. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know if I see the through line there at all. But (laughs) mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very, very strange. But I I love the fact that everyone does it with a straight face. It makes me smile the whole time.
3: I, I love the fact that in this movie, so alligator has three modes. Number one, there's just stock footage of an alligator walking with then edited in models and stuff around it to make it look big.
2: Yep, love it.
3: There is a alligator mouth puppet thing for whenever it bites somebody. Mm-hmm. And and then Kane Hodder in an alligator suit. <laughs> and I love how obvious like the <laughs> switch is. Every once in a while, it's like, oh, we need it to come up through this sewer grate thing, and it's like, all right, put the dude in the suit. <laughs>
1: well
2: you're not going to have stock footage of it coming up through a sewer grate that's unreasonable
3: yeah but you could just like have built a model from styrofoam and just like baited an alligator to
4: to come through it i don't (laughs) know that's a lot of work just put just put hotter in the suit let's get this over with
3: Yeah, put getting hotter in that alligator suit put him in the suit
2: here's the thing (laughs) is all those things that you just described, in my opinion, are, all look good in this movie.
1: <laughs>
2: it's, it sounds ridiculous to say that, but I actually mean it. I think they all look, I mean, B-movie good. 1980 right. B-movie alligator attacks good. Not fucking, you know, real good, but.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Not for real good, just, you know.
3: Well, they're great. They're great in the way that even when it's bad, it's entertaining. Yeah. And it's not done tongue in cheek. Like they actually were like, yeah, fuck yeah.
1: (laughs) The
2: thing is sometimes you have to just, when you're watching older movies, especially like a, a lower budget movie that was made before, like, well, basically everything we cover on this podcast, you have to just respect the fact that look, they were doing their best with what they had. They didn't have CGI. They didn't have a big budget to make all these miniatures and shit. They're not Star Wars, right? They're doing what they can to make a giant alligator movie. They went out and they got some good actors. They wrote a decent script, and then it's like, okay, but in our script he jumps out of that sewer. Well, what are we gonna do? We can't. We have no real way of making an alligator do that. So, they uh, fucking get a guy in a suit and they do the best they can. And you know, I respect them for trying. Uh, I
3: also think the gory bits of this movie are fucking great. Yeah, when that dude gets his legs bit off, that's, mm-hmm. that's that's good stuff.
2: That's a stand up and cheer moment when he gets his legs bit off. I love it. What about when they just keep finding body parts? and They just keep going searching for them. <laughs> At one point, it, like one of the cops, is like, uh, "Is that hand from the same body as that foot?" I'm like, "No, we're afraid not." And he's like, "Damn it!" Like, <laughs> it'd be do. better for for stats if it was all one body.
3: I love. I love that in this movie the corpse of a giant lasso opso is is a big plot point and it comes back over and over and over again. Like like you're like, how many more times are they gonna say Lassa Opso" in this fucking movie? And then they say it again. And you're like, oh, they're talking about it again. <laughs> big dead dog in a sewer. Uh,
4: so there's actually a lot of fun trivia about this movie. I'm sure there
3: is, because the movie's awesome, so. Uh
4: so Ramon, the uh the alligator, as he was named. Uh they had an animatronic alligator that of course didn't work half the time. Of course. Because this movie had to be as close to ripoff of Jaws as possible. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh he was later donated to the Florida Gators as a team mascot. The, the
3: animatronic one was? Yeah. I love it.
4: And it says Ramon made yes. several appearances before games and during halftime.
3: I don't like sports. Oh. They're now my favorite sports team. <laughs> they also invented Gatorade, which is good. So, I'm, I'm assuming they do the American footballs?
2: Probably. I think it's a, it's a university, so they're probably, oh, it's all of their team. teams. are yeah. yeah, they're probably all called the Gators.
3: Then I choose to support their volleyball team for no fucking reason <laughs> oh that'd be great
4: they just wheel a giant animatronic alligator out of the court during halftime right. and and somebody, it just goes,
3: fucking, somebody spikes a ball into its mouth it just goes
4: rawr <laughs> and then smoke comes out of its mouth <laughs> and then they wheel, wheel it back off <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: I hope I hope to end all hopes that that is fucking true and then there's a goddamn video of it on the internet please Uh, please tell me it's true uh
4: yeah so apparently robert forrester had just gotten hair plugs before this movie oh is that
2: why they keep bringing up his
4: hair and he was he told the director like look this is really noticeable we should just make fun of it in the movie and so apparently Robert Forster came up with all the jokes about his hair and then the writer put oh, it in really? the script. Yeah.
3: I was trying to feel bad for him. Which is funny. I was trying to figure it out because I was like he doesn't, doesn't look that bald. Why do they keep making bald <laughs> jokes? Like they're calling more attention to a very minor problem. Yeah,
4: yeah I think he f- was kind of self-conscious about it and was more just like, look, we'll just fucking make fun of it because it's obvious. So let's just do that and then yeah, you know, call it a day.
2: The best part is because it's 1980 when this movie comes out. One of the things that happens is somebody sits him down and tries to teach him how to grow a comb over.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh uh, no. Um. So apparently, there was an original script for this movie, and then John Sales came in and like rewrote it. Um. The first one they had apparently was set in Milwaukee. And it explained that the alligator grew gigantic because of beer coming from a brewery going into the sewers.
3: You know what the fuck? Before you finish that, the second you said it took place up there, I was going to be like, and it got big because of that smooth old (laughs)
1: Milwaukee.
2: See, part of me likes that, but part of me thinks it's probably uh, not as good a movie if they do that. Because it'd be impossible to treat it seriously if that was how it worked.
4: Uh, okay, so
3: it's the whole thing's a commercial every time. A fucking alligator pops up out of the sewer. It's got just a fucking can of the beast in its mouth.
4: Yeah, it's like the level of like Return of the Killer Tomatoes type marketing. Uh, so apparently, Brian Cranston worked at a, as a on the movie as a production assistant for the special effects oh, no department. Shit. That's fun. Uh, Let's see. The alligator's first victim in the sewer is a worker named Edward Norton. This is an homage to the honeymooners because Ed Norton was a sewer worker in that. Sure. I accept that. And apparently Joe Dante was offered the director job, but he turned it down. Oh, that's unfortunate. I was even
3: better. Yeah, I was getting ready to say (laughs) that could have been an improvement. Depending on which Joe Dante we get
2: well wow, but we were getting 1980
4: Joe Dante so yeah so this would have been around piranha time Joe Dante right
3: could have brought him could have brought him back at gremlins too, Joe Dante <laughs> for the sequel <laughs> fucking alligator would have been weird as fuck
4: like yeah it's a spider alligator that makes it even more terrifying But <laughs>
2: then at least Going they could justify the calling it the mutation <laughs>
4: See, would have made sense. The dog would have been a lot happier.
2: Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, so, so that's all
2: I got. See, it's all fun stuff. The yeah. problem is that we let the cat out of the bag early. The funniest, the funnest like fact about this movie is that it's Kane Hodder in an alligator suit <laughs> through parts.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. <it's> just, <laughs> it's just like Kane, get the suit on. Get up through that hole. <laughs> Do I have to? Yes, you have to. Get going. <laughs> we talked people about the scene.
1: You don't even yet? know who I am.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the scene where that old lady comes to identify her dog, because that's a thing where they have people come and identify dog <laughs> bodies, like <laughs> many with human bodies. <laughs> and she's like well that looks just like my dog but it's way too big and nobody questions it because it's this fucking movie everybody's like they they go to an expert like how could a dog grow that much she said it has the same markings even though it's three times the size it was last week and they're like yeah no i guess there's got to be an explanation we'll get the scientists involved (laughs) oh i love that part
4: yeah fuck all these people stealing dogs and Doing bad shit to him?
2: What about when that guy uh, when that guy goes to like dump the dog bodies and he misses the water with that one? (laughs) You're just like that's maybe the worst excuse yet I've seen in in all of the horror movies we've watched for somebody to have to get close to the water in order to get munched up. (laughs) He's thrown a dead dog body into the sewer water and he misses and it lands on the ledge beside it so he has to climb down there and try to knock it off. God damn it.
3: Weirdly, my favorite scene in this whole movie is when the uh, the big game hunter guy, who's not an attractive man, right,
4: is, no, is, just,
3: is just trying to fuck that reporter. <laughs> it is just the, mo- the cringiest, most <laughs> awful thing I've ever seen in my entire life of just this toxic douche who just thinks he's God's gift to everything. And you're like ew ew this is gross and this is an 80s movie i bet this was gross in the 80s that's next level gross i don't know man it's 1980
2: so i maybe that guy was attracted back then i don't know
4: They did have weird standards back then (laughs)
2: This is a world where dudes are just stopping other dudes and going, I notice you're going bald there. want me to teach you how to grow a comb over.
4: <laughs> <laughs> In hey, that
2: universe, I don't
4: know. Grow it long on that side and you swoop it over. <laughs> it's so ridiculous.
2: As long and as I'm you just don't just do just the swirl. Straight
3: I'll tolerate a dude with a comb over, but if you do that weird swirly thing, you should just end it.
4: <laughs> no, you mean like our former president? Okay. I don't, really I don't know
3: what he does. He <laughs> looks like he's just got a dead animal on his
4: head. You should blow that up just like they did the alligator at the end. Yeah. Right.
3: I did I do love the setup of like three times throughout the movie, they're like, All right, be careful. There's a lot of methane gas down here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yep, they're gonna blow up that alligator.
4: <laughs> Doesn't seem like somebody would be like, Maybe we should open some manholes for a little while, let this air out.
2: I, I don't know. I, according to movies from the '80s, especially horror movies, if you're ever in a sewer and you light a match, that's it. The town is fucked. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's gonna just blow the shit out of everything.
2: Uh, I'm not entirely convinced that's how it works, but hey, what do I know?
3: We got a pretty—I'll tell you what—pretty decent body count. That gator mm-hmm. gets some people.
4: Mm-hmm. Sure does. Gator's not fucking around. No. Oh.
3: And they're fairly consistent with the size of the gator. Sometimes it's questionable. I
2: think he's supposed to be growing a bit throughout the movie, right? Because he continues to munch on the possibly experimented on animals. Because
3: okay. we'll have to talk about that in the sequel that they didn't do as good of a job. <laughs> 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 the size of that alligator in the second one is wildly inconsistent. Yeah, yeah.
2: Luckily, the movie is not good enough to hold your attention, so it doesn't matter. Um, but we'll get there.
4: Is it is it this movie or the second movie where it goes and hides in a swimming pool? Uh,
3: that's the second one where they okay. push the kid in.
4: Yeah, I could remember. I watched them like one right after the other. So I could remember. So we'll save that then, I guess. But... Or no, maybe maybe it the first. is.
3: They're mixing together in my brains.
2: I know. Yeah, yeah, see, that's the having problem. The same issue. So, this is the one where the alligator attacks the wedding. We know that.
4: Which is great, because this is the uh, sort of the 4th of July weekend of, of this movie, Yeah, A- akin to Jaws. Just like, hey, maybe we should not do all this shit. And everybody's like, nah, it would be fine. It's,
2: you're thinking of part two now. We'll get to that.
4: Well, they do that, too. But I feel like there's things in this where they're just like, eh. And then, of course, the gator just zeroes in on this. Weird wedding thing that's going on. It's like, fuck, "Fuck, this wedding!
3: <laughs> Weird wedding
4: thing." No, it's, yeah, yeah, wedding, it's,
3: the, it's, the, it's the first one.
2: Yeah, the first okay, one's the, the wedding. The second one is like the one with the uh, with the fair. Yeah,
3: no. Well, I was gonna say no. The first, the, the first one, I meant the swimming pool scenes. In the okay, first one. yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, because it's a good scene. So of course, it's in the first one.
3: Oh my god, it? it's pretty great. I bet those kids fucking killed themselves. like after the credit style, those kids are done. They've just, they've just ruined the the entire rest of
2: it. You didn't, you didn't stick around for the post credit sequence (laughs) 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 of the mass suicide of children. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Yeah, That's great. Yeah. The the police do this walk through the sewer where they're trying to get the gator all cornered. And then, (laughs) yeah. So the gator goes to hide in a giant swimming pool. And for some reason, nobody's watching these kids. It's like, we're going to play pirate and walk their little brother out on the diving board as if walking the plank and throw him into the pool which just happens to throw him directly into the mouth of the alligator that's part then, of the
3: whole scene the kid's blindfolded and he takes it off and he sees the alligator and he's screaming <laughs> and trying to
4: get them to stop and they throw him in it. in the water i was just like oh but there'll be like some scene where he Maybe, like, you know, quickly it starts swimming away and the alligator, you know, goes in the other direction or some shit. No, water immediately turns red. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Fuck that kid.
3: Well, and you straight up see it has that underwater shot of the alligator just punching yeah. up
4: and i was like good fuck that kid i I
3: typed it into google and the very first thing that popped up was alligator 1980 the disturbing (laughs) swimming pool scene
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh come on if you're disturbed by that you just don't watch enough movies it was fantastic
4: (laughs) yeah those kids (sighs) start calling for their moms they like run off I'm just like, what the fuck are you going to tell her? Mom, we threw Andrew into the pool and an alligator ate him. And they're like, stop fucking around. Go clean your room. He's like, no, yeah, but I'm serious.
3: Yeah. yeah, we just murdered one of the children at this party. And you're going to have to call their parents.
4: <laughs> I think
3: I feel like, yeah, we all know what would happen is
2: all those kids would just run home and hide. And nobody would tell their parents. And eventually, the one kid would be like, where's my kid? And Why is the pool all red? And then everyone really would have to piece it together. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like, where's my kid but like, you never brought your kid over I know I, I dropped know him off talk- yeah, I've never even met your kid oh,
3: he was wearing a pirate costume that looks an awful <laughs> lot like this bloody rag of a pirate costume
4: <laughs> coincidence <laughs> huh. that is weird
2: let me check next
4: door <laughs> <laughs> I do like at a certain point when they bring this big game hunter in And Robert Forrester becomes a victim of politics and gets fired. he decides, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go fuck this uh, lizard lady instead. Yeah. Basically just gives up on the whole thing. And they're like, shows them in bed together. And it's like, well,
3: (sighs) I mean, that's probably the better choice.
4: If your choice choice. is
3: go into the sewer and fight a sewer gator or fuck the lizard lady, uh, option two.
4: which people that haven't seen this movie is like, there's a lizard lady? <laughs> well, so movie sounds amazing.
3: Like the Spider-Man
2: villain? This movie came out in 1980, and it's about a cop who has to fight a killer alligator. If you didn't know that there was a romance subplot between <laughs> him and the lady scientist that he has to go to for advice, then you're just
4: not paying attention.
3: Sometimes <laughs> you need a lady he scientist knows that this gonna just happen. so happens to be an alligator expert.
4: Uh, and they're out to dinner and they just run into those cops and like oh yeah that big game hunter yeah we just we just scraped him up out of an alley because he just got fucked up by that alligator Robert Forrester's was like well guess him back in the jail
3: and there's also the weirdness of the big game hunters out urban hunting a crocodile doing whatever <laughs> weird shit he's doing but he like goes out of his way to recruit some ethnic street toughs
1: Like,
3: like, which is real weird. And then, because it's the 80s, it's racist. Of of course, it comes down to the point of they actually know where this alligator is. And then all of a sudden, these black kids are like, I ain't going in (laughs) that Fuck, Fuck you, dude. It's it's problematic, to say the least, that
2: scene (laughs) when he's just like. He's just hiring them and, they're, and he's like, I'll give you $10 a day. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, even in 1980 money, you don't hunt alligators for $10 a day. And that one guy goes, I get 20. <laughs> oh, God, it's so bad.
1: <laughs> oh, It's uh, yeah,
2: and it's it's, or it's it's a bit of an issue that he's just hiring these stereotypes.
1: Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, once,
3: once again, second movie. We come back to that again. <laughs> <laughs> ends. Uh,
4: uh, yeah. Good Lord. Um, I don't know anything else we love about this movie other than just all of it.
3: Yeah. All, all of it. Great movie.
2: It's yeah. It's just super fun. Takes itself deadpan serious, which is great. I, I love when a movie does that. Uh, Robert Forster is like I mean he's a big part of it because he's such a good actor and he just plays it super serious I think we said the same thing about him like in he was in vigilante right yeah and we said the same thing there he just like elevates the movie by being this like classy actor in these like B movie roles for some reason <laughs> <laughs> he's the
4: just- uh, he's the uh, John Saxon essentially <laughs> super super yeah, classic guy Yeah, he's these him. cheesy horror movies and is it weird that and now
3: that you brought that up I'm sitting here thinking why isn't John Saxon in this
4: movie <laughs> <laughs>
3: seems like he would be seems like he would be yes. the alligator hunter
4: I'm just saying if the universe was fair we would have had a movie where two brothers played by John Saxon and Robert Forrester had to hunt down giant animals together I'm just saying and maybe well, there would have been a karate a kung fu fight somewhere in there as well. I,
2: I feel like you're a little bit mistaken because you said movie and not series of movies
4: Oh well, yeah, where that they sounds hunt
2: so a different true. large animal every movie. <laughs> and they just every year like like how the Friday 13th came out one a year they just hunt something different every spring.
4: Yep. Yep. They're like, come on brother, we have to put our differences aside and hunt down Bigfoot. yeah
3: You every- say series of movies when what we shouldn't be talking about is that Absolute James Bond-esque anthology <laughs> of fucking movie, Sp- spanning generations of viewers. Uh, Fast see? and the Furious <laughs> got fucking 25 sequels. Why can't that?
4: Uh, <laughs> why didn't we have this foresight back in the late 70s, early 80s? world probably would be a different place, probably be a better place. Just saying.
3: We could have healed yeah. all wounds. It's about the time in like the eighth movie when they're fighting an android platypus.
4: <laughs> like
3: that is—that's the peak of humanity. Could have never progressed past that point.
4: Oh, you say platypus? I say platysaurus. Even better. <laughs> so why do they mix DNA from platypus and dinosaurs and make it into a robot? I
3: my god it's got a poison claw and laser eyes
4: <laughs> uh we can be billionaires
3: we might be a little off topic here
4: guys you say off topic i or say on,
3: most topic. on topic we have ever been
4: <laughs> uh
3: uh, if no. we were ever actually
2: a little off-topic, that would be the most on-topic we'd ever been.
4: Hey Noah, why don't you recap the detailed, completely different plot of Alligator 2, The Mutation.
3: Uh, yeah, so it's the exact same fucking movie, <laughs> uh, ex- except it's in Florida?
4: California? Sure I don't, Florida. don't even know.
3: Somewhere with palm trees. It's Florida. It, it's Florida. Florida. Uh, yeah. And there's a little bit more. So in the first movie, there's like crime in the background of these people dumping these, uh, illegally obtained animal specimens into the sewer. Uh, this one's got like 70% more crime, (laughs) just vague crime, but more of that vague crime.
4: Something to do with testosterone and genes of some sort.
3: Yeah. They're they're
2: literally are just, they pull a truck of chemicals up to the sewer and just dump it in there. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's so, it's so ridiculous.
4: Yeah. I feel kind of weird dumping these chemicals down into the sewer, you know, but uh, I don't ask questions. (laughs) It's basically the exposition you get. Yep.
1: Go. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, geez,
2: I wonder if those things will make an alligator grow giant.
4: <laughs> if there's some uh, some cop that has to stop them.
2: What about the fact that the bad guy that owns the chemical plant is also the bad guy that's trying to like build a new development around town, and he's the one that's trying to stop them from shutting down the parks and stuff to keep it jazzy. It's
4: to make him super evil.
2: Was that was that a little too much? Was <laughs> that a little like?
4: Not only is he trying to kick poor people out of their homes so he can build super fancy condos, but he also owns the chemical factory. It's
3: like, <laughs> right. I, I just, I love the fact that all this movie is just, it just exchanges one thing for another thing, only worse. <laughs> so they, they use stock alligator footage, not only stock alligator footage, but the stock alligator footage from the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> just recontextualized
4: and the microscope footage from the first movie
3: too yes yes indeed
4: like we don't need to reshoot that we Uh, nailed it the first movie we'll just we'll just reuse it all
3: right
2: i don't think i noticed that it was the same and now i'm sadder to know that
3: yeah it's the same it's literally the only thing these two movies have in
4: common yeah i only realized i read the uh i read the trivia beforehand so i was looking for the footage i'm like oh there it is there it is yeah,
3: we've got animatronic alligator mouth, uh, which is worse. We've got Kane Hodder yeah, in a worse alligator suit. Uh, just, I, I like as, instead of Black Street tufts we have Hispanic Street tufts
4: <laughs> We are in Florida,
3: right? Well, you
2: al- you almost said only worse, but then you were just like caught yourself
4: there and went all politically <laughs> correct.
3: <laughs> well, ne- well. Uh, not not worse for being Hispanic, but worse actors. Uh, oh
2: yeah, every actor is worse.
3: Yeah, every actor. Despite the fact that this movie, it's actually got a, a pretty decent cast. Like they're not super famous people or anything, but a lot of them are like, uh, like the uh, the mayor's daughter was on a bunch of soap operas and shit for a real
4: long time. Uh, I knew the I main. I knew the main character from a TV show called Top of the Heap. Yeah was a spinoff of Mary's Children
3: Who yeah and I, the and I honestly don't, yeah uh, did you, I honestly did you... don't think the acting was god awful or anything I mean mm. it's, uh, parts of it were cheesy but this one once again I, I, th- they made the mistake this one it doesn't take itself seriously like the first movie did mm. which automatically like downgrades it a little bit
2: but here's the thing it's also not funny so if you're not right. going to be serious, then you got to be funny. And if you're neither, then what the fuck are we doing here? Um, it's just none of this made sense. Like, I, I, everything about this movie is just bad. It's
3: just it's it's all over the place. I will say yeah. this: it has one thing better than the first movie. Alligator hunter guy in this movie way more likable of an actor than the alligator hunter from the first (laughs) you actually Uh, kind of get behind that guy and whenever he gets got by the alligator you're actually like oh man at least he's stabbing that gator in the face as he dies i'll
2: I'll grant you that his ridiculous over-the-top creole accent is fun to listen to (laughs) his like band of merry men that he brings with him is fun it's fun that i like that he uh When he like they get there and they're like we're just gonna go kill this alligator and the cop guy is like you can't do that he's like watch us we're gonna do it and when it's like a couple of his guys get killed i like that when he comes back like he ends up teaming up with the cop for the rest of the movie i like that element of it
3: the evil gangster murders the mayor on a ferris wheel with a gun (laughs) gun without a silencer it, yeah. it just to get off of the Ferris wheel and away before anybody realizes that
2: something but, wrong is happening but then the the aforementioned street toughs just throw that motherfucker off a bridge into alligator infested water so problems <laughs>
4: solved yeah. Yeah. I just like at the end I mean I'm jumping right to the end but at the end because this whole time he's been buying up houses in this area so he can put up those condos Yeah. and at the end they're like hey that guy's dead tear that banner down And it's like, you realize you didn't win, right? Like somebody's probably going to be arrested for murder, but you know, and and that
2: corporation still owns that land and will still (laughs) proceed with that project just because the CEO got thrown in the water. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole thing, the whole movie is like that because like the whole time they're like, we're going to have this big fair to celebrate this new condo development, which is weird in and of itself. But then when the cops like, we gotta not have a giant fair because there's a huge killer alligator that's been mutated, they're all like, We have to have this. It's absolutely do you know how important this project is? And it's like the fair isn't the project. The project is the condos. If you don't have the giant fair, you still build the condos. None of it makes any fucking sense.
3: I, not to, I will, to be fair, will I'll say, defend them what I was gonna say, for as negative as I might be on a lot of things in this movie. Man, when that alligator attacks that fair, it's fantastic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) See, here's the problem I had, though. By the time we got there, I just didn't give a shit. And I'm, like, looking at my phone and, like, wishing we'd pick better movies for the week and stuff. And I'm just, like, I'll concede that it was pretty good. But if you don't care going into it, you're not excited for it. Because the whole movie, you're like, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. That alligator's going to attack that fair. We know that about a minute and a half into the movie. So you're like excited for it, but then you got to sit through all this other shit, and none of it makes sense. And even when the cops start saying we got to shut down the fair, it's like why? Because there's one. You're in Florida. There's one alligator that ate two people at this point. So you're gonna try to shut down a fair? You wouldn't do that. Like alligators occasionally eat people in Florida. It's a thing.
3: Yeah, uh, you this know, one, like the other problem, the the like pacing of it's all wrong. Like the first movie's kind of. I'm not going to say it's tense, but they they try to build tension yeah. and they space out some nice like this one pool scene or the dude getting his legs a bit off, like all that kind of shit kind of thrown in throughout the movie that you're like, yeah, fuck, yeah. And then this movie, it's like the alligator eats a beach ball. And you're like, what the fuck? No,
2: the alligator literally eats a beach ball for people who haven't seen the movie at home. There's a scene where a kid throws the beach ball in the water and the alligator eats it and the kid's crying and then that's the whole scene it's just over and it's like well why would you have that scene what would be the point of that
3: yeah also we go from an alligator whose mouth is barely big enough to eat a beach ball to an alligator that can fit an entire man in its mouth (laughs) yes and then back to an alligator that probably could only have a beach ball in its
2: mouth. And when, like, when the alligator finally gets around to smacking uh, crazy Ralph around with his tail, it's like its tail is so big that it can throw human beings across like the room. But it's like it's cartoonishly big. It's like as if they were making a dragon movie, and that's the only they only built that part of the prop. so that the rest of it is like cgi or something and it's like is is ralph
3: the homeless guy yeah did you did you guys find it weird that the most recognizable person in this entire movie is that random character actor (laughs) who played random drunk old man in like a thousand things no it
2: did no because the movie came out in 1991 so i found it perfectly normal that he was
4: (laughs) I love that guy.
2: I don't even know why I call him crazy Ralph. It's
1: not
2: <laughs> right. But it, feel, but it
4: feels it feels like he should be though. Yeah. He just feels like he's like somehow crazy. Ralph wasn't crazy. Ralph enough. It should have been this guy.
1: Yeah. It just,
2: it just feels like that's his name. Even though it's not, <laughs> <laughs> I should point that out to people. And I don't, I don't believe he is crazy. Ralph. I, I know. <laughs> I just feel like that's what I should call him. <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of this one either. I just feel like s- somebody was doing something wrong at some point in this movie and it just fucked everything up.
2: It just, yeah, um, it, it's weird. Cause like the pacing is wrong, but it's not too slowly paced. It's very fast paced, but somehow not in a good way. And it's just, so let's talk about the wrestling for a minute. They
4: decide they want to have. <laughs> this is such a weird segue for this movie. Oh hey, you God. know the, the giant the giant alligator movie. Let's talk about the scene where they go to a wrestling match. It's like what?
3: But, well, and they're gambling on professional wrestling.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Let, let's but like let's go through the
2: list of things that are wrong. First of all, okay. The <laughs> okay, the guy that owns the illegal chemical plant and is also doing a condo development also owns a country club. (laughs) The country club has wrestling at it in the middle of the, like the restaurant area. (laughs) Like they don't have like an auditorium or an outdoor ring set up just in their restaurant. Some once a week, apparently it's implied that Mm -hmm. they just have wrestling matches.
4: So I'm just saying, I want to go to that place. I would hang out there all the time.
2: It looks fun to me. That gets me to my next problem. Well, especially it's not,
3: if like, I get to watch Chavo Sr. and Professor Tanaka <laughs> beat the shit out of each other. But, okay,
2: everyone there is, like, offended by the professional wrestling. But it's 80s-style professional wrestling. It's 1991. That is what you saw on TV every Saturday at noon. Why is everybody so shocked and offended by it? <laughs> and they're all, like, disgusted by it. I don't get it. None of it makes any sense. It doesn't make sense that you would have valet parking and all this like fancy shit. And then have a wrestling ring set up in the middle of the 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 whole thing is just batshit insane.
4: Then the uh, was it the mayor's daughter is just like, oh, this place is so skeezy and disgusting. We shouldn't be here.
2: It's a country club. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, it's just so weird. And then you have like in that moment, like the cop shows up, and that's when he's like, "We gotta shut. We can't have the fair. A guy got eaten by an alligator, so you cancel the fair." There's a logical connection there, trust me. And everyone's like, "No." And the mayor just goes, "Fine. You try to shut down the fair. That's it. You're under house arrest." A mayor can't just order a guy (laughs) under house arrest. It's not how it works. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: (laughs) And then just there's just like a rookie cop there, and he goes, "You, you just put him under house arrest. That's not like." None of this is how it
3: works. (laughs) Did did we mention that the main character's nickname is Soho Lobo?
4: (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't
3: care. For those for those of you at home, Soho Lobo is lone lone wolf. It's very clever.
4: Is it though? Is, is so, it clever?
3: It's so it's so fucking clever that whenever you find out that it's his nickname, you're like, I hope this motherfucker gets eaten by that alligator. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, yeah. I didn't really care about him too much, and how disappointed his wife T. Wallace was. I didn't care about that either. It's just
2: that whole thing too, like that whole relationship between the cop and his wife is just nonsensical then they give him a kid character who shows up once in a video and then it's just never around for the rest of the movie yeah why would you have a kid in that movie why'd you have a kid there
3: there's also the wife character if we didn't mention is also is a scientist so it's yeah it's, it's a cop <laughs> with a dark past it, and his love interest is
4: scientist well his his wife <laughs> this is a scientist and weirdly I don't know why they did this they're just like well he's married so we can't have a love interest for his character so we have to have the, the mayor's daughter and the rookie cop that's going to be our love interest for the movie and I'm just like I don't give a shit if they get together or not what about the
2: part where she specifically says that she's not going to sleep with him no matter what happens and then Cut to the next scene where they're in a bed together and the other cop just bursts in and interrupts. And if he hadn't, clearly they were probably going to sleep together. It's like, why did you?
3: Who wrote this?
1: Who, like,
3: ah, uh, frustrating. Yeah, I would say the big difference is so, Alligator, the first one, is a decent, good movie. And Alligator 2, The Mutation, is a mediocre, bad movie.
2: I don't give it. I don't it's give not, it props for being mediocre at all i i', I do no, not see, think
3: it i I thought it's it's watchable. it's not one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's a little boring in parts but it's it's like ninety minutes and it gets boring
2: in parts, and there's way too much going on for that to happen. It's just somebody needed to streamline the script like just have just, the bad guy that is if he's running the chemical plant. You don't need him to even be involved in this weird, like, building development. You could just have the mayor saying, we refuse to shut things down because we want to celebrate this new thing. And, I mean, that's what they did in Jaws. They didn't make the bad guy also, like, put the shark in the water. And also, he's (laughs) head of the town council. You know what I mean? Like, ah, it's just, it's so frustratingly annoying. And none of it makes sense. And, like, again, you want to put wrestlers in the middle of your ring, whatever the, maybe the director is just a wrestling guy just have him go to a wrestling match you don't put it at a country club and then have everybody shocked and offended by wrestling that's just again nothing you don't put people gambling on it what you don't have the announcers doing the announcing live in the room where the match is taking place because that <laughs> never happens like just do something right in this movie just like i'd love a scene that was done well and i don't think we'd get one maybe the very end like when they're finally like when they do throw like the bad guy off the bridge that's kind of fun after the you know I,
3: but it's, I have to I have to disagree because we get a few scenes at the end of the movie that are fantastic so all the shit with the helicopter with them in the water is fucking awesome whenever dude gets eight and he's stabbing that gator in the face it's good shit <laughs> uh, so yes. I like that and then dude Kane Hodder's greatest weakness is, is a movie monster bazookas
4: <laughs>
3: can't gain. Hotter can't stand up to no bazookas. It it's his nemesis. I, I guess.
4: guess I, but the only action scene I liked in this movie is when the gator escapes into the lake or whatever. And then, so they start chasing it with boats and then it like the gators like, Oh, boats, huh? And then starts going underwater and coming up, going underwater. And basically corners them, and then like goes in front of them, so they they hit the giant gator with the boat and like fly up into the air, flips the boat over, and he's like, mm, "Please, people in the water!" and starts like chowing down. <laughs> then yeah, they pull that dude in. He's got no legs and
3: bazookas. Come on, guys! Bazookas—they kill goddamn giant alligator with a bazooka. How can okay, you no. not be happy about that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, and again, like I maybe as standalone, that last like ten minutes where they're at the fair and all hell's breaking loose and fucking gangsters are killing the bad guy and the bad guy's killing the mayor and everybody's getting eaten by alligators. That might be fun because it's just so fucking crazy, but. The problem comes with the fact that I just didn't care by the time we got there, and I was barely paying attention. I probably would have turned this movie off if we weren't doing a podcast about it.
4: We did forget to mention that the uh, the alligator swallows a bomb, and so the <laughs> alligator becomes a bomb, essentially. <laughs> it's so ridiculous they're like yes this bomb will totally stop it alligator just eats it and they're like oh fuck it didn't go off but it could go off at any second and so they decide yeah we have to shoot it with a bazooka to blow it up
2: see that's that sounds fun when you say it but i just
3: i don't know kane hotter monsters <laughs> getting shot with a bazooka should have been a thing that should have just started happening in every fucking movie <laughs> kane Hodder was in the monster suit
4: well, I mean, I believe it happens in Friday the 13th Part 9. Jason goes to hell.
3: Nah, it's a grenade.
4: Is it a grenade? hmm I haven't watched it in a long time. I could remember.
3: Yeah, there's a dude on a zip line with a grenade above him for some fucking reason. It's the most ridiculous for- of maybe all the fucking Friday the 13th. But it's, it's that or eight. Yeah. I'm going with Jason goes to hell.
4: They're both terrible.
3: It's got that vagina monster. All right. That's a debate for another podcast, I guess. <laughs> Perhaps the next podcast.
4: Does anybody else have anything else to say about Alligator 2?
3: No. No. Definitely see Alligator 1. Oh, yeah. Alligator 1 is a great movie. And then maybe watch Alligator 2, but Uh, don't watch Alligator 2 immediately after watching Alligator 1.
4: (laughs) That's a good idea, actually.
2: I would say search for the last part of Alligator 2. Maybe it's on YouTube. Maybe you can just watch the alligator attacking the fair without putting up with the rest of this movie.
0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
4: Alright, what has everybody watched since last week?
0: Uh, I
2: don't think i watched it. Just watched that cat shit over and over again.
4: Yeah, that's
3: pretty much it. <laughs> <sighs> I'm trying to think, because I talked about Cry Macho last time,
1: right? Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've got out to see anything. Huh. This weekend's a big one. I gotta see that that uh, venom two and maybe the Sopranos movie. I don't know if I give a shit about that. i was I wasn't actually a big sopranos fan like a lot of people.
4: I do want to see the Sopranos movie. I haven't seen the Sopranos, but Amanda's excited to see it. So um, what did you watch, Doug? Uh,
2: just one thing. Um, <laughs> just continuing my Mike Flanagan mm. retrospective, I finally got around to watching all of. Uh, the haunting of hill house yeah and
3: fucking wow that's my response to it uh blown away about that how about that episode eight jump scare (laughs) fucking comes out of nowhere three quarters of the way through the fucking season
2: (laughs) you know what that's just what the show can do though it's it's so fucking good the horror works the drama works the storytelling is amazing. The use of the visuals to enhance, like, the atmosphere and the storytelling, as per usual, Mike Flanagan's perfect at it. Um, the the interweaving of the two different timelines is fascinating how good it is. I'm, like, blown away they're, the way they're able to tell the two stories simultaneously and make them feel so connected.
4: I think my favorite uh, episode is still... is. It- Episode five or six, the one at the funeral, the funeral home. Oh, where it looks like the first like thirty-five minutes looks like it's all just done in one take.
2: Yeah, and they're literally like wandering from a funeral home back into the old house, mm-hmm. but they actually fucking built apparently these sets so that you could walk from one to the other, so that just so they could film these scenes. There was like
4: there's a, vi- like four there's a cuts video in
2: that episode.
4: There's a video somewhere of, of looking at the stage from like overhead. Yeah. So you can see the staging as the camera's moving and stuff, how actors are moving around and stuff like that. It's really cool. It's,
2: it's fascinating. It's just, and like, I couldn't believe how good the acting was. How, how I, I can't believe how caught up I was in the drama elements of it, not just the horror mm. elements, watching this family suffer through everything that they suffer through. And the way you get caught up in like seeing it shows you like what the parents did, like right or wrong, what they did when the kids were young and how it's causing the kids to behave certain ways in the future. Um, like the one example, it's so ridiculous, but like the little girl finds like ha- finds these cats and she has them in her bedroom and mm-hmm. it turns out they're diseased. Right. So the one cat is still alive, but the mom has to take it away and like kill it and then comes in and lies to her about the fact that the cat was she says the cat just died or whatever and it's like this horrible moment and then we see that same character that little girl grown up at the funeral treating essentially treating her little brother the same way as that diseased cat because he shows up to the to this wedding and he's high and so she like brushes him off and sends him away and then just goes in and lies and says he never showed up. And it's like, she's repeating the behavior from childhood, even though it's this, and you can kind of see that and it really gets you thinking. And there's a million different examples of that, of just these great moments of like, look at how they acted when they were little. And then here they're doing something seemingly completely different as adults, but you can see the direct connections between the lessons they learned and the way they're behaving as adults. That's yeah, just fascinating i loved all the reveals about the haunting of the house too like normally you think a haunted house you're going to you expect the standard stuff right mm-hmm. and then here the way it like the way it, when it became um especially like at the end with, with a caretaker couple when they decided that they were going to literally they're <laughs> they're going to protect the legacy of this family by not reporting the murder of their daughter as long as you leave the house standing so that they can come back and visit the daughter's ghost is a plot point in this. And I'm like, fuck, you just you don't hear that very often. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like there's like the, the weird scene in, in like I think it's the final episode where like we get a flash forward to the guy literally racing his wife to the house so that she'll die in the house rather than outside so that she'll become mm-hmm. a ghost so that he can continue to see her. And it's like, wow, that's fucking fascinating. Like, yeah. and it's it's done so well that you just kind of get really caught up in it and you really feel the emotion of it. I just, I fucking love this series. I, how
4: about uh, how about the bent neck lady?
2: Like they're... What about her specifically, like the well, reveal, or
4: she freaked me out when she first showed up. I was like, "Oh fuck, I don't like that at all." And then, <laughs> and funny. then when you when you find out who she is, it's the yeah. same reaction. Like, "Ooh, oh no, fuck, I don't like that at all." <laughs> yeah. Oh, like what a weird idea.
2: Like, I, I mean, I guess we're in full spoiler territory because I've already right. said a bunch of shit and it's, it's not it's, new.
4: It's been out long uh, enough, yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's like the, when the reveal is that this little girl has essentially been haunting herself.
4: <laughs> it's like fuck me,
2: running. Like, how do you how do you process that? Yeah. And, you know, like we saw how traumatized she was by it as a kid, and then to find out that she's essentially doing that to herself, and that, yeah. you know, the the whole thing was just, yeah. And the, like the creepiness of the ghosts is in full effect. There's the bent neck lady. There's that like the old man, like with the that wants his hat back. At one point, he's just like floating around all tall and shit.
4: Uh, did you keep an eye out for hidden ghosts? I tried, but I I'm sure I missed a bunch. Oh, I'm sure you did.
2: Pretty was much,
4: all much all every character
3: is a fucking ghost by the
4: <laughs> Yeah, but I'm just talking about the uh, the weird ones that are in the background. That aren't even story related. Just
3: well, I, oh, I do look, I like. I like the reveal. I think it's in the next of the last episode where they're talking about the people working on the house, and I, th- I think the dad tells him something. He's like, "We didn't have any people working on the house." Like,
2: well, it's just we the one guy. That
3: it was just me.
2: Well, no, it was just it was just the one guy that wasn't real, right? Right. Well, it wasn't all. Was because. Know what was particularly cool about that is this, this is how much I got into this show was there's a moment where they walk by this character in the background. He's got this big mustache. He's working on a clock. And I'm like, that guy looks a bit ridiculous. And I, I start in my head, I start trying to justify it, but I'm like, who the fuck would, f- fix clocks for a living that's like such a hipster job No i wonder he has a big mustache like that they're probably having a little bit of fun with the idea that the kind of weirdos that would fix clocks are gonna also be the kind of weirdos that would like you know grow weird mustaches and drink too much craft beer and then no they did that on purpose because it turns out he's the character that doesn't really exist so they made him look just strange enough that if you're paying close enough attention he'll stand out and make you question it and then later, the reveal is that he was a ghost the whole time, but nobody noticed. And I'm like, well, damn it. Like, <laughs> you tricked me into trying to justify the way this guy looks. Ah,
3: great yeah, I, I liked a lot of it. I, I mean, I even I'll admit that the, uh, the whatever they call it, the goddamn it, the, the weird room. I can't remember. the red room, the red room. That at the end, whenever it reveals, you know, that they've all been in the red room and you're like, you know what? I never fucking stopped to th- notice those goddamn windows and all those different rooms were identical.
2: No, no, I didn't. Because there's too much going on visually.
1: That,
2: yeah. Like, I, I actually already want to rewatch this because um, it's just I want to go back and try to catch more. I know yeah. there's more.
4: Um yeah, I watched it all the way through, and then I was like, Amanda, you need to watch this. And so then we watched it all the way through again.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And like I tell people, that the jump, the jump scare in the car is, I I will argue to, to my death, it's the best jump scare ever put on film. Now, it's, not it's necessarily in its content, but in the fact that that show spins like eight fucking episodes setting expectations of how the horror works in that show and then all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere just <laughs> nails you with one i mean i bet i peed a little bit <laughs> it was like it's intense that jump scares like fuck <laughs> like unprepared
2: the funny thing about that is, like, the ghosts scaring them, and then them driving off the road like that—it's actually like straight from the original movie and the <laughs> and the book and shit. So it's one that you should have seen coming. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but you're right—they give you eight hours to, to of trickery to make you think it's not coming, and so it's all—it's all,
4: yeah. Sadly, uh, haunting a Bly Manor—not nearly as good.
2: No, well it's it's not cuz it's not pure Mike Flanagan again, right? Uh
3: it's it's based off of a series of short stories by a specific author that are all uh, woven together into one
4: yeah. yeah. It's, it's based off Turn of the Screw and then some of the other stories that they put out.
3: Yeah, but, uh, I would say so so here's the thing, it's not it's not a worse show. It's worse If that makes sense, it's it's not as scary, but it's a completely different thing that they're doing.
4: But from what I think you were asking, Doug, I don't think Flanagan directs every episode.
2: No, I think he only directs one of the ten or whatever.
4: So he was he was writing and producing it though. Mm -hmm.
2: But I feel like he's an extremely talented director, and asking somebody else to accomplish what he accomplishes is not fair. You know, yeah.
3: yeah, I was gonna say the that one's more of a romanticized okay ghost story, if that makes sense.
2: I feel like, like obviously, I still have more to watch, but um, I feel like the haunting of Hill House was in some ways Flanagan's light. Like he'd been working towards that for his entire career. Like when you think back to Oculus, is when he was practicing the like the two stories going side by side and trying to get it just right. And it was nearly perfect. And now here he's doing it perfectly. When you think about like the family drama and before I wake, that was really good. And then here he's able to like, obviously expand that into being much more. And then you've also got like just his, his what he's been doing his whole career, which is combining the visual elements with the, with of the horror, with the, with the storytelling in such a perfect way that it's like you're not relying too much on one or the other it's i I don't know like i'm nervous to watch more stuff because i'm like i don't think it can get better than this
4: i was gonna say
3: season season two does have something in it that i find more terrifying than most other things in horror and that is young children that talk like adults i hate it (laughs) (laughs) i hate it so much it 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 bothers me in real life if i come over to your house and your child is like extremely polite and and speaking with proper diction uh that kid needs to go in the fucking fireplace because you've got a devil child
2: (laughs) depending on the day sometimes my kid speaks very properly yeah
3: don't don't let him do that
2: Depending on how seriously he takes something. Like if you have extra cardboard that he might want to use to build a fort, he's very, very proper about explaining to you where it goes so that he knows where it'll be next time he needs it.
3: <laughs> he walks in and he's like, Father, father, I need this box in the credenza.
4: <laughs> <laughs> your cat doesn't appreciate your mocking of children who speak with good diction. Yeah.
3: What? I don't know <laughs> I don't even know where you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: uh, Hold on. That was cats yelling at him. Okay, come here. Uh, you got anything else, Doug?
2: Welcome to the show, kitten. No, it's that's the only thing I watched this week. Um, Man. I don't know. I probably didn't do a great job explaining why I loved it, but
4: I don't know. I got it. I
2: was fucking hooked on it. And I'll tell you one thing, I during the eulogy episode, I full on fucking started crying when Luke was talking about his dead sister. I was just like, holy shit. And I was like that, he was the one character that I didn't I didn't love throughout parts of the beginning of the show. And then we get there and I'm like, okay, never mind. I was wrong about him.
1: <laughs> mm,
2: oh, yeah, that's uh, the other thing I wanted yeah. to mention about how much I loved in this show was the way when characters start rationalizing the behavior that's resulting from the horror like they're like oh you didn't really see a ghost you just saw this whatever right i love the fact that all of it like it made sense like if, if as a viewer if they just went back and redid this show but you like cgi'd all the ghosts out or didn't cgi them in however you want to t- say it sure. like this would just become this like horrible drama about this fucked up family that thinks they see ghosts and it would all still work i think on that level the only reason we know that there's real ghosts is because we act as the viewers as the like the omnivorous or um what's the word i'm looking for as as the Um, overlookers um, omniscient, omniscient that's what i'm looking for as the omniscient viewer we're looking in and we're seeing these ghosts right so we know they're real but If these characters were just saying this shit, you could totally play it off as if there were no ghosts and these people are just fucked up from whatever went wrong with their, you know, their mom's mental health. And it would still hold up, I think.
3: I I do love the fact that you find out that the little girl is real and find out what, oh, my God, girl in the same episode where you're like, oh, (laughs) fuck, oh,
2: shit. (laughs) The reveal that the, the one person who we were all convinced is a ghost is actually just a real kid. How weird was that? And it took me a while to piece it together because, like, the whole time I'm like, I'm trying to do the thing where I'm like, has everybody talked to that girl or can only one of them see it? And I'm like, trying to figure it all out. And I'm like, is she part of the house or is she an outside ghost? And I'm trying to figure it all out. And then they just fucking kill her. (laughs) And I'm
1: like,
2: oh, she's a ghost now, at least. I wasn't entirely wrong. You think about the messed up timeline that's established by having the breakneck lady go back throughout her own childhood. I guess technically, this kid was a ghosted back
4: then. Yeah. Oh, oh. so good! It's just making me want to rewatch it. Yeah. Well, I can uh, I can keep this Mike Flanagan train rolling, spoiler free. I hope definitely spoiler free because I'm yeah. not even all the way done with it. Uh, but I started watching Midnight Mass. Um, and I think how you were talking about how Mike Flanagan was leading up to haunting of Hill house. Mm -hmm. That's I think how he feels about midnight mass. Okay. His wife was on a podcast. I was listening to his wife is, uh, one of the actresses. Yeah. uh, The one who can't, uh, touch people. So she wears gloves all the time. Mm -hmm. That's his wife in real life. And she was on a podcast talking about midnight mass. And she says he keeps waking her up in the middle of the night being like, I think I've created the the best thing I've ever done. And I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to top it. And she'll just, she's, she's like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go back to sleep. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, so I started watching that on three episodes in, uh, not a surprise, but I absolutely love it. It's, it's so, it's interesting. Um, so it takes place on an Island. Like I, I can't tell if it's like the Northeast or the Northwest. I feel like it's the Northeast, but then someone mentioned Seattle once, but then I don't know if they're talking locally or if just that somebody went to Seattle. I don't know. doesn't matter. Um, But they sort of live in one of those like Island towns. That's like off the coast. You have to take a ferry to get out to it. And the population is like 127 people. So it's this like super small town. They don't even look like they have roads on the island. I mean, there, there are, but they're all dirt and everybody just sort of walks everywhere because that's how small the, the town is. And so it's about this guy coming back after he gets out of jail. And uh, he's like, you know, maybe 30, late 20s at the most. And uh, as he shows up, this uh, local priest who's brand new is just shown up in town as well. Bunch of weird shit starts happening as you do in a Mike Flanagan thing. And then, uh, you know, stuff starts getting more, more and more fucked up as the episodes go along. Uh, one of the things is like by the first episode, I felt like I knew everybody in this village and you don't even know anything like they keep like certain plot points out until further episodes. But like he just has an amazing way of writing characters and stuff that when you're introduced to people, you just feel like, Oh yeah, I totally know this character. I know this person. And you can see that they have weird interactions with other people because of stuff that's happened in the past, but you don't hundred percent know what it is yet. Um, but like all this stuff just starts playing out and you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like I'm, like I said, I'm three episodes in and I just, I've, I feel like I live on the Island almost like I know all these people. I know all the weird quirks that, you know, small communities like that end up having and all that stuff. So it's been magnificent so far. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. I, so I pitched an article for, uh, for Joe blow that I think they said they're going to try to put up this Friday. So I have to try to finish watching in the next couple of days can get that pumped out but yeah i'm absolutely loving it so far and i feel like all the positive stuff we said about haunting of hill house like i feel like he just builds upon all that stuff and puts it like into the show and it's magnificent i'm almost sad that it's only seven episodes and i'm, I'm not even <laughs> to not even halfway i'm not even halfway there yet i'm already dreading episode seven
2: and i have to start watching it I'll start watching it tomorrow,
4: actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. And, I mean, it's, you'll find when you start watching a lot of his stuff, and especially the series, he pretty much has built his own, like, repertory theater. So you see, you know, just about every actor from, from previous stuff he's done. is like, oh, there they are. Oh, there they are. But then he's able to craft stuff in such a way that you forget that they've, you've seen them before and stuff. Like he's able to get them to form like this character that you feel is like yeah that's the character that's not the actor that i saw in haunting of hill house or whatever else so. well
2: based on like hill house i would say that one of the things he does well is the casting where it's like these people don't they don't look like hollywood stars they look like normal human beings which is easier to have. It's easier, I find, to get into their character that way, yeah. and that's something that, in general, filmmakers are better at now than they were, say, in the 80s, when you know they would put a guy like Arnold Schwarzenegger in shit, and you just have to pretend he's not a giant human being. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's not. And and now they like these people look like how you would expect people to look. Like, yeah, they're probably a little more attractive mm-hmm. when you average them out than the uh, you know what what a normal family of five kids. You know, wait, none of them got fat. That's a little weird, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's, but you know what I mean? Like overall, it's like, it's, it's easy to think of them as real people and not as actors. Yeah.
4: So, so I'm excited. As soon as we wrap up here, I'm going to start up another episode. So it's, it's been really good so far and I'm super excited. Um, Like episode three kind of has a big reveal and you're just like, oh shit, that makes way more sense for all this other shit now. So I'm excited to jump into episode four. Yeah, I have
2: a day off this week too. Maybe I can just watch
4: the so, whole thing. Yeah, it's power through. Um, the other stuff I watched. Uh, for some reason I bought the movie Escape Room like last year. Right. Like I like I think it was on like super sale, like five bucks or something. And I was like, Oh, I've actually heard that's not terrible. Maybe I'll pick it up and watch it sometime. So I uh, finally got around to watching it and uh escape room is actually a lot of fun. It's just not something I thought it would be. Uh, so all the, this group of people get like these invites to an escape room and they get inside the, uh, you know, the office building where they're supposed to meet up. And it turns out the waiting room they're waiting in is the first room. So as soon as they get in there, shit starts going crazy Um, and they have to figure out all these clues, how to unlock shit and Get into the next room, and then turns out there's themes to each room that sort of connect to one of the people in the group. Like, this room's all about fire. Turns out one of the people was badly burned in an accident. The next one's all about, uh, like ice or whatever. And it turns out somebody like almost froze to death or, you know, something like that. Uh, and I feel like it, it's, it's really interesting and the, the traps are really interesting. The way I described it to somebody is, oh, it's like those Saw movies, but you don't have all that annoying Jigsaw backstory you have to dig through. It's literally just people dealing with traps. And like, that's kind of all I want to see. I don't care about Jigsaw trying to teach people lessons and sort of all that stuff like that got really complicated after like the third movie so then that became like really annoying to go through so it's kind of fun to sit and just deal with more of the fun stuff and not worry about backstory so much
3: that sounds a lot like uh, cube
4: uh it is a lot like cube actually but that's kind of what i was thinking about when i was watching it i don't think it's as good as cube because i think Cube, when it was made, was just way, uh, way more, way smarter, I guess, if that makes sense. So you this can, one,
3: you could write a PhD thesis about the movie Cube, I
4: think. Yeah. I got to rewatch that. Uh, whereas this one, I mean, each room is like really detailed and, you know, the traps are really interesting and involved and all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of fun just to watch these people try to get through all this shit. Um, So then I followed that up with escape room tournament of champions.
3: I almost went and saw that in theater. Having not seen the first
4: one, Uh, you probably would have been all right. Um, There are, there is a character from the first movie that carries over, but I think they kind of give you, they, they show a little bit of the end of the last movie to kind of catch you up. So I think you probably would have been all right. Um, But yeah, so these are, These are all people who have survived. These escape rooms have all been not even like uh, invited. Like they've all were somehow uh, coerced into the same location and pushed like essentially into another escape room scenario. Uh, It's an interesting idea. Unfortunately, all that stuff I talked about how you didn't have a lot of jigsaw backstory baggage well that starts piling on on this one so unfortunately it uh that's it doesn't work nearly as well as the first one because i think they're trying to do way too much in this movie but the traps are interesting but since it's a sequel of course they're ramped up like tenfold so sometimes that's not nearly as fun but you know it's all right i've watched worse stuff so i'd say at the very least watch the first one go into the second one with lowered expectations.
2: I mean, I'm surprised to hear how positive you are on any of it.
4: So. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had no like interest either, but then I kept hearing from like podcasts that I listen to of people whose opinion I usually kind of, uh, kind of in line with talk about how, if you just take it as a fun, don't think about it type of movie, that it's a lot of fun. Since the first one doesn't have a lot of uh, backstory, it is a lot of fun. But then once the backstory starts, it's like, oh, well, this isn't the only good.
1: Here's a brief glimpse
2: of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future.
4: Uh, so next week, more Kane Hodder movies that Noah has selected.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, so this one, we're going to go with Wishmaster and Pumpkinhead 2 blood wings. I Remember enjoying Wishmaster? I remember definitely not enjoying Pumpkinhead 2. Uh,
3: I see, I remember liking Pumpkinhead 2, but the the problem is is the first Pumpkinhead movie is kind of like such a great masterpiece of a monster movie that pretty much any sequel was guaranteed to be like uh well, fuck.
2: Yeah. I haven't seen it in so long that I'm not going to comment until I rewatch it. But Wishmaster was kind of a letdown for me when I rewatched it not that long ago.
4: Yeah, I haven't watched Wishmaster in a while. Uh, so there's oh, there's four Pumpkinhead movies. Good mm-hmm. oh, lord!
2: And four Wishmaster movies. I think we just missed an opportunity for a theme month.
4: I know. Oh wow. I have already said it, so now it's set in stone. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. Yep. Uh all right. So yeah. You looking for some more of Kane Hodder's fancy work and uh in uh Pumpkinhead 2 and Wishmaster next week. Uh you ready to talk about what if? Yeah. Yes. Bro Thor. Uh yeah, this is this is the Bro Thor episode. Uh just hey, what if what if Odin wasn't kind of a dick and just took that Baby Loki back to the tribe he belonged to. Turns out that makes Thor a giant dick. Makes
2: Thor awesome. Fuck you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it doesn't exactly make him a dick. It just makes him a douche.
2: It makes him a giant party animal who uh-huh. fucking just uh, brings everybody together. Look at all the different characters that all showed up to this party. Everybody was getting along, having a good time.
4: They are about to destroy the world. <laughs> nah come
2: on
3: <laughs> this, uh, this whole episode was worth it for about 30 seconds of stuff just because of uh cat uh, dennis's character getting married to fucking was
1: the
3: <laughs> i mean god damn it
2: do you guys remember when wandavision came out and everybody just keeps talking about how darcy and uh jimmy woo need to be have like their own show yeah. And then and then now she's marrying Howard the Duck. Does she not just need her own anthology series? And it's just <laughs> what if we team Darcy up with this guy? What if we team Darcy up with this guy? What we, Like fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Her and Howard together was fantastic because like at first she just hates him and he just keeps he's like just moving in on her throughout this thing and eventually they're just getting married by Elvis and I'm <laughs> laughing the whole time. I, I was just, having so much fun with this
3: episode. Toward the end where we pops up and he's like, look who came crawling back, and she's like, Not now, Howard. <laughs>
4: uh. Uh, yeah, this episode is kind of ridiculous, but I think it's perfect. We needed a nice, nice uh, fun break from some of the episodes we've been having. Yeah.
2: Oh, I thought it was hilarious. It was like it was like a Looney Tunes cartoon with all the all these great characters just thrown into it.
4: <laughs> Only thing I would have wanted uh, more Korg because as soon as I saw Taika Watiti's name in the credits, I was like, oh, we're going to get more Korg then he only says like two lines on the entire yeah. episode he's got and,
3: some uh, good background jokes though
4: and more game master
3: fucking pacifier in his mouth that was
4: good I could he use more grand 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 master grand wizard what the fuck's his name grand master grand oh, wizard's yeah. a grand wizard's the kkk thing okay. that would be terrible
3: yeah. we need we need fewer of
4: those fewer of those
3: Gold Goldblum was worth it just for that line at the end where he is on <laughs> that keep, rascal keep, and he goes, I'm keeping it. And <laughs> just vanishes. We're,
4: we're, we're keeping the sco- scooters?
3: Keeping the scooters. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I almost wish they hadn't put in like the joke with him being a DJ and stuff in the middle because if it if that had been the first time jeff goldblum pops up and it's just for two seconds for him to be like we're keeping these scooters
4: (laughs) (laughs) uh one of the things i thought was funny that was kind of a throwaway joke that i don't know Amanda didn't seem to laugh at was anytime anybody got punched into the atmosphere and they came back down the uh the land masses look like a map where they had the names of the countries on
3: them. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> I was,
4: that. I was like, that's the most ridiculous nonsensical thing, but I fucking thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I, was, I enjoyed I, that too.
3: I was actually super into the, the Thor and uh, Captain Marvel fight just for the fact that it's one of those things that, yeah, they're both super strong people, but they're not really capable of hurting each other. <laughs> So it's just them casually beating the shit out of each other all over the world.
4: Yep. And she's like, I can't even really let go because of collateral damage. So they're like, we'll just fight in Siberia. It's like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <sighs> all Very
1: fun.
2: Yeah. I, the only, just cause I'll be like the guy that has to complain about everything. Right. Um, the only thing I, I didn't love was the betrayal of Jane Foster. I thought she was kind of they. Like, nothing happened to make her into a ditzy party girl. Why was she like that?
4: Oh. I thought you meant the betrayal that she went and told his mom on him. That's how he got in trouble.
1: No, oh, portrayal, <laughs> not betrayal.
4: Gotcha. I like that okay. element
1: of it.
2: <laughs> and it's a nitpicky thing that doesn't really
4: matter. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, she's perfectly fine. And then all of a sudden he, like, swings his hair around and she's like, tee hee. <laughs>
3: I was going to say the joke at the very end where they kind of do the Ferris Bueller ending where, you know, his mom shows up and they've got the planet set right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's supposedly teaching a little symposium class to his friends about <laughs> Earth. And he's like, all right, let's go. Let me just summon my hammer. and The hammer comes back and it's like covered in graffiti and Mardi Gras <laughs> beads and has like a bra stuck to it. <laughs>
2: Amazing. <laughs> what about when he puts the leaning tower of Pisa, straightens it so. up, <laughs> Superman three style?
4: I was like, no, not evil Superman. <laughs> I did.
3: I did love the joke where it shows him like easily putting back Stonehenge, easily fixing this thing. You know, correcting the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but then the Leaning Tower of Pisa's got just a little bit of graffiti on it, and he's just scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing, <laughs> scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. <laughs>
4: oh, <come on. laughs>
3: uh, so much fun! Uh, the uh, random cameo by Rocket Raccoon passed out in the sink,
4: which is good. I was like, oh, that's because they're going to do the Hangover, and so that's technically Bradley Cooper. Even if they didn't get him to voice it. But then, like, the hangover part of it didn't really come around. Oh, I don't know. Anything else except for the ending? Uh, yeah, I do we want to talk about the ending. Wow, uh, we're finally going to get a happy ending with one of these. Like, oh, everything wrapped up. Everybody's happy. Nobody's hurt. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, fucking Ultron shows up with all the Infinity Gems. To yep. so the, the surprise of even the Watcher. Like, what? It's Ultron
3: obviously. in apparently his vibranium vision body.
4: yeah which uh is going to be the next episode i believe so basically just led right from this one right into the next one
2: yeah i think and they're saying now that like this is the one at least this is the internet theory that the reason the watcher is surprised is because this guy jumped over from another dimension or whatever so now this is where they'll start merging them
4: yeah have to put together their team that's what it seems like so, the idea of Ultron with the Infinity Stones is kind of terrifying.
2: Yeah, although from what I've heard is that if he's from another dimension, his Infinity Stones won't work once he leaves to a different dimension. So they're not as useful as uh, they seem. It is supposed to be true.
4: Wonder, wonder what they'll do with that. See if it holds up in this universe or not. Let's find out. Yeah, because it's happened like in other stuff, even pre the show, like I'm trying to even remember, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In, uh in Loki, well, in Loki, they definitely talked about that. But in like a long time ago, in the uh, JLA Avengers crossover, uh, Darkseid got a hold of the Infinity Stones, but he was in the DC Universe. So then he snapped and like nothing happened. Turns out they don't work over there. Okay. Um,
2: so yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm learning this stuff as I go. I'm like googling it after I watch the show
4: and stuff. So
3: I did like a frost giant variant Loki.
4: <laughs> Where, yeah, he's like three times the size he usually is. Okay. Right.
3: Like <laughs> just like the fact that like uh, the separation of him not having to grow up in Thor's shadow. They basically just kind of grew up to be the same dude. They're both just these kind of these douchey dudes.
4: <laughs> when Thor is like, oh, my mom's coming. He's like, well, it's not my mom. I don't care. Starts taking off.
3: Where were he's talking to fucking, uh, God damn it! I can't think of him. Jane Foster on the phone. He's like, hey, you got any friends?
4: <laughs> Why don't you bring them with? <laughs> Uh, gross I do like that they get at least like usually about 90% of the actual actors come do the voice yeah didn't okay. have uh, didn't have Brie Larson for this one or there was somebody else who didn't do the voice but uh, we wow. got all the important I'm people
3: real interested for Thor Love and Thunder to see how they bring back Jane Foster after yeah. leaving her out of so much stuff
2: man let's go pick her up one day
3: and if yeah. they're doing the like the Jane Foster version of Thor and stuff, I wonder if like they're going to do the whole cancer angle and all that kind of stuff. I don't, know. I don't
4: know. Seems like a lot to do in like one movie.
3: I don't know if you read all those comics.
4: I didn't, but I, I was aware of kind of what was going on.
3: I'll, t- I'll tell you what. People were all uh, butthurt about them, but they're actually pretty good cuz Jane Foster becoming Thor, she like becomes Thor for a pretty good reason. And then what they do with Odin's son after he loses the hammer is all really really good. The Unworthy Thor is probably one of the best Thor stories I've read years and years and years.
4: Yeah. I yeah, never read it.
3: Yeah. It kind of it kind of deals with the fact that Thor's kind of addicted to the hammer. You know what I mean? <laughs> that the the hammer kind of has consumed his entire persona of who he is so what what is he without it yeah. it's really good
4: yeah i remember because i read that original sin story crossover thing they did yeah where somebody kills the watcher and then steals his eyeballs and then it turns out of
3: if- yeah and nick fury mm-hmm. whispers something to thor and all of a sudden he can't pick up the hammer
4: yeah yeah that's kind of where that started, but I remember reading that, and that was kind of an interesting uh, crossover. But then I think not too long after that, they started talking about rebooting the uh, the continuity again. So I was just like, eh.
3: It ties – my problem is it ties into too much stuff. So like Unworthy Thor, to read it, you have to have read Original Sin – to know because like that ties what nick fury says to thor is one of the big mysteries in that comic and then you have to read the bit where jane foster becomes thor and then you have to have kind of at least know what happened in secret invasion to know that there's a second hammer and it just ties the problem with these tie-ins is that now that they're doing 20 of them a year it 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 makes it impossible to follow a story Unless you buy every fucking comic,
4: which nobody can afford that shit. Not anymore. Not when they're $5 a piece.
3: Right. Not when they're $5 a piece and not when they're putting out 25 fucking issues a month.
4: Yeah. 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 When they decided they were going to do new 52, I decided that I was done with DC because I was tired of them rebooting their continuity every five years. Right. And so I was like, well, I'll just read Marvel stuff. And then I read that for like a year and they're like, Hey, we're going to reboot the continuity slightly. And I'm like. Fuck you guys. So I stopped reading that too. I don't,
3: I don't mind the reboots and all that because they've been doing that since the fucking beginning. But my, my big issue, I them to go back to the era of I would rather have a quarterly comic book for a character that's good than a monthly comic book that's all right. Yeah. I just, the fact that I, why do eight Batman comics need to come out every fucking month? Don't fucking need it. Throw no. them all in the
4: garbage. <laughs> like, well, I got tired of them when they, when they said they were rebooting the continuity Is they were doing it, like, company-wide. And they're like, we're rebooting everything. And then number one, new number one for everything. So that's why I was just like, I'm done. And well, and they, the
3: fact that, what, New 52 lasted a year? And then, well, they, did, and then they did exactly. Rebirth, and then Rebirth lasted yeah. six months.
4: So I got pretty much done with the the main two comics and I decided, well, if there's something that sounds interesting, I'll pick up like the trade or something, but I'm not, I'm not doing buying like 50 books a month to try to figure it out. Right. Um, uh, All right. Well, I guess that's it. We've just got into weird comic talk at the end. So Board, board dug to tears.
3: It's fine. I'm excited uh, I I don't want to Say anything That might be Spoilery no. But I've heard Rumors That the uh, The after credits For Venom is
4: Supposed to be
3: uh, A pretty wow. big deal
4: Yeah I've Heard something But I I mean I didn't see The first Venom movie And I don't Probably won't Watch this one So
2: No This doesn't even Look good The trailers
3: Don't even look good no. It's comic book, so I'll watch it.
2: Yeah. And I'm Woody literally.
3: Harrelson. I mean, Woody Harrelson can do no wrong.
2: I, I'm pro Woody Harrelson, but I never made it through the first movie, and I tried. So how often do I turn off a movie?
3: I didn't think... See, I didn't think it was terrible. I just don't understand why they tried to turn Venom into a poop joke character. Yeah. I never got to Venom.
2: But I didn't make it that far <laughs> into the movie. Wow. <laughs> Like, I turned it off What I was sick of watching fucking their shitty version of Eddie Brock drink his way around San Francisco. And I'm like, what is going on? This is stupid. Why is he even in San Francisco? I
4: still don't understand how you make a Venom
2: movie without Spider-Man in it. Nope. I still don't understand why Sony doesn't just sign over all these characters to Marvel and just...
3: Well, shit. I was going to say, shit, percentage. shit with the, the fucking rumors floating around about the Spider-Man movie, maybe he is in it. Maybe fucking Woody Harrelson's <laughs> in it. Who fucking
4: knows? <laughs> Jesus. It's possible.
2: It's amazing to me that we don't know every detail of this Spider-Man movie yet, considering everybody's been trying to guess it and considering like the modern world we live in, you get set photos from everywhere else.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say, with all the with all the fucking rumors, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like the dude who played Jesus in Passions of the Christ oh, is gonna so be in it <laughs> as Christ.
4: <laughs> and he's only going to speak uh, Hebrew or whatever it was he's they spoke. Only going to speak in
1: Aramaic. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.
0: And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment.